This episode contains topics and conversation that may be alarming to some listeners, including discussion of sexual harassment, as well as mention of sexual assault and mental illness that may be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, and welcome back to Steadily. This is Morgan, and today I'm joined by my friend Hannah, who recently took a chance on themselves and opened up their own bagel company. Hannah is here to talk with us today about leaving your job and ultimately finding your passion. Hi, Hannah. Hi. (laughs) So this episode is extra exciting to me because when I first had the idea for Steadily, this was going to be sort of my main theme. I chose the name Steadily as a reminder that That's how we're all moving. We're all on our own paths. And I think that we could all use that reminder sometimes. Um, I wanted it to be a reminder for anyone who feels lost or behind because I felt that way personally. And it just makes me so sad to think about other people feeling like that because I personally have come to realize that we're all on our own paths and we only have this one life. So I think that we should be doing what makes us happy, and not trying to follow anyone else's timelines other than ourselves. Um, So first, I would love to hear your story, Hannah, where you first found yourself at the end of high school and how it led you to where you are now. Yeah, um, after high school, I went and applied to the electrical union, Local Mm -hmm. 41 here in Buffalo. I did uh, BOCES in high school for the electrical Mm -hmm. class. You know, I really liked all the hands-on work. I was really good at it because I love math. So I figured, yeah. hey, like, you know, I always, I grew up, all my best friends were always guys. So I was like, yeah, you know, working in a, a man's wor- world, quote unquote, would be ideal. Yeah. So I went and I joined. I got in basically right away. I passed the entrance, entrance exam. Uh, my interview went really well. And I started in June of 2017 okay and that is basically when the bs started (laughs) almost (laughs) immediately um i was on a job site it was i mean i love doing all the hard work which people didn't expect because you know yeah four foot ten and (laughs) i'm very (laughs) small and people always asking me for help but i loved it (laughs) um but the good definitely did not outweigh the bad mm-hmm. in that field. Um, within my first two weeks, I had went and used a porta potty, and someone had come in and like busted the door open right behind me as soon as I sat down, trying to get a peek at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily, I mean, I had a great network behind me. I had some good people that always had my back no matter what. They were ready to <laughs> to throw up a fight if they needed to. Um, still though yeah it was very unsettling especially being brand new in the field it did not make me feel good or welcome at all um the constant jokes about you know women aren't the same women can't do this women can't do that I mean I have recently come out as non-binary but yes you know most of that I feel like my experience with work really pushed that yeah always telling me like oh you're a girl you can't do that you can't do this and this was just kind of like a big like f you to Mm -hmm. like I can do anything that you do if not better yes (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah I worked steady for about two years okay 
And then I noticed I was getting really sick all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was taking a lot of time off from work, which is not like me. I'm a very hard worker. Um, I was taking about like three to four days off a week. Okay. And I was like, something is up. So finally one day I left work and I kept, I went for a bunch of tests and imaging and long story short, I ended up being diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Mm -hmm. And that is when life really took a turn. And I was out of work, wow, um, about a year, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a lot of that time reflecting on all of the nonsense that had happened to me that I will touch on. Um, mm-hmm. And just thinking about the way people didn't respect me in the field. And if I valued myself enough to remove myself or not. And it was mm-hmm. a very scary thought to have. Because this, you know, this career was, it basically set me up for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, the benefits were unmatchable. And I, j- I knew that it would be a big leap of faith to ever leave. And I said, I was like, I don't really know what else I would do. I never went to college. <laughs> I went right into this. So I was like, it was scary. Um, but after the way people had treated me, um, constant sexual harassment and belittling, it just, it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't want to go to work scared ever for your safety. No. The I- fact, too, like, that that happened to you, like, right off the bat is just horrifying. You know? Yeah, like, first people- weeks. I was 19 years old. Uh- <laughs> I think that other people, like, feel comfortable doing that to someone is just a whole other thing, like, in itself. But that's just horrifying. And obviously, you should never feel, you know, unsafe at work. Yeah, especially, like, I, I enjoyed the work so much. So, at first, mm-hmm. I I looked forward to every day, but it got to the point where I would wake up in the morning and just dread leaving my bed. Mm-hmm. And-, and I think, like, that that happens. Like, I, I feel like people sometimes just accept that feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, it's just part of the job. Like, it's, it's part of life. So huge kudos to you for for accepting that that's not how you wanted to live you know <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah I've, I've definitely realized it I tried to go back to work after my treatment and after COVID and all that mm-hmm. and I felt so much more out of place than I ever did because I had grown so much mentally in that time because I, I really yeah. didn't have a choice I spent a lot of time alone mm-hmm. um, at home but I had grown so much and realized so many things and I went back to work and I just couldn't stand being treated like that anymore. Like before I brushed it off, like, Oh, you know, boys will be boys. Cause that's what I always grew up hearing. But I'm like, yeah. no, like this is much more than just that. It yeah. is. I was being, I wasn't even being treated like a human anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about profanity on here, but there was, one time I walked up, <laughs> And this guy who he wasn't working with my company. He was with the company mm-hmm. who we were doing a job for. Okay. Um, he walks up to me. He was like, oh, good morning, vagina. Oh, my God. I'm like, re- like, you met me 30 seconds ago and you don't even care to learn my name. That is that's just awful. Like, like I was like, OK. Um, and the guy I was working for didn't even stand up for me. He just laughed and kept like 
taking it further. And I was like, dude, like no one realized how uncomfortable I was. And it was definitely hard to speak up for myself because I was surrounded by very like big, burly, usually angry men. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was, I was scared to even stand up for myself at that point. Um, Because I didn't know if that would help or make the situation even worse. Yeah, that's just so dehumanizing. When, like, when was that? That was more recent. That was right before I left. That was, yeah. And that's when, in in my head, all I could think was, I I need to get out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is just, working here isn't respectful to myself. Well, it's like, how do you even react in that moment, in that situation? Like, I'm trying to think of how I would react right now, and I... (laughs) I'm, like, almost brought to tears. Like, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, like, my jaw just kind of dropped, and I just froze because I have a whole past, you know, of yeah abusive relationships and, like, sexual harassment. So I feel like mm-hmm. it was almost like a trauma response, like, running into that field. Like, yeah, it, it felt normal to be, like, disrespected until mm-hmm. I learned otherwise. But, oh, God, the stories. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how how much time was there like in between um when you first left for your treatment and when you went back um when I first left it was September of 2019 okay um I hadn't my surgery wasn't until November of 2019 but Mm -hmm. I was just so sick and the work that was required of me I couldn't get it done physically anymore my Mm -hmm. body was just so weak and I was exhausted yeah um and then I came back I tried to come back in March of 2020 and then COVID hit and I I was the most (laughs) high risk so I got sent home immediately yeah um which at least they looked out for me in that way but (laughs) um (laughs) I'm like oh okay all right now we we care about my well-being I guess (laughs) as long as it's physical you know yeah um and it was almost like I was relieved when I got sent home. Like I couldn't wait to get home. Yeah. And as terrible as it sounds, and I don't mean it in any harmful way, but COVID was like in my brain, a blessing because it got me back out of work Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved being at home, spending as much time with my boyfriend because he was like my safe space. Whenever I was with him, it just, I felt better. Yeah. And like everything just kind of melted away. I would forget about it for a while. Um, and I remember getting a call back to come into work and just, it was instant. Like I had a panic attack, like right on my kitchen floor. Mm -hmm. And like, that's when it hit me. I was like, I shouldn't be feeling this way about something that I'm supposed to love doing. Yeah. Um, when was that? That was, I want to say, Sorry, my timeline's a little messed up here. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was at the beginning of this year. Okay. When, yeah, I got called back for good, and I was I was not handling it very well. I, I did turn it down at one point. I stood up for myself a little bit, and I, I just said I wasn't ready for personal reasons. And then mm-hmm. I made my first batch of bagels for someone, <laughs> and I, I never went back. <laughs> did um, you... Um... So after you left because of COVID, did you ever go back at all? Um, a little bit here and there. I tried. Mm-hmm. But jobs kept getting, like, I was going on small jobs and they'd be finished up or shutting down because of COVID again. So it was very <laughs> inconsistent. Okay. 
So um, I guess that leads us to your bagels. How <laughs> how did you start getting into that? Was it like a passion on the side thing? Um, growing up, I always just like bagels were my favorite food. Always, um, <laughs> my mom would always tell me like you're gonna turn into a bagel, and I was like, that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, once I got into powerlifting, obviously. I got focused more on like my protein intake because I never ate enough growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a very carb heavy child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I found a couple bagel recipes, you know, I played around with it myself to make it how I wanted it. And I ate them every day for a while. Mm -hmm. And then my boyfriend started eating them. He loved them. And he asked me, like, why don't you sell these? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think people would buy them. I don't like. <laughs> and then finally, I had a friend on Instagram DM me because she saw I was eating one one day. I posted it to my story, and she was like, "Could I buy some? Like a dozen?" <laughs> I was like, "How much?" I was like, "Oh, okay." And that's kind of where it started. <laughs> and then after that, people just kept coming to me asking if they could buy them. So I started up the Instagram, and now here we are. <laughs> it it grew so so quickly. I feel like when did you? launch your Instagram I can't remember was it the end of last year or the beginning it, of this year it was like the very end of 2020 okay okay I believe it, and it's grown so fast yeah like- <laughs> yeah we broke a thousand followers yesterday so oh yeah congratulations it's awesome um it, it's such a it I love doing it it is I feel so respected like everyone that gets bagels it's just all the compliments and they say how much they appreciate what I do. And it's such a wonderful feeling coming from the trades where I remember on a job site, we have, you know, the mandatory sexual harassment training, mm-hmm. um, which could be held much better in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember cause I lifted weights. So I was rather shapely, you know, big muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a guy coming up to me and saying, well, maybe if you didn't work out to look good for all of us, we wouldn't have to do this. Ugh. I was like, do you not like realize what you just like? That was sexual harassment. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you've learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think that translates. Like I um, used to work in law firms and we had the sexual harassment training and it would be the same thing. Like those comments um, everyone's joking about it and it's just like yeah I think this, this guy great. was actually like he was in my face like yelling at me because of it and was like screaming at me because I lifted weights and I was like I don't lift weights to look good for any of you and trust me <laughs> oh did this guy actually think that it was like your fault that- yeah it, he thought it was because I was on the job site and that that job site was one where every time I went to the porta potty there was a new writing or drawing of me um dehumanizing me <laughs> You know, they drew pictures yeah. of what they thought I looked like naked and oh my God. talking about all the things they would do to me without my permission. It it was just terrible. These people are like so out of touch with reality. But yeah. <laughs> And then they had the audacity to blame me for the reason we had to do sexual harassment training, not the terrible things they all had said about me. <laughs> um, do you have any connections like with that world like have you talked to any of these people do you have any interest in talking to these people ever again uh yeah I there were a lot of good guys I didn't meet and I don't want to give the wrong image for the union you know Mm -hmm. there's 
there's so many good guys, but like I said, it the good never outweighed the bad. Yeah. Because I couldn't like pick and choose who I got to work with all the time. You know, it was just kind of luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. You go where you get sent. And once I left my comfort zone there, I was working for a company with a guy who was basically like a father to me. Okay. He yeah. he never had any kids and my dad passed when I was little and we just hit it off right away. Um, he always looked out for me, always had my back. And once I stopped working with him, that's when I realized that I don't enjoy the trade as much as I thought I did. Yeah. Because he always treated me with the utmost respect. And he never let anyone treat me with any less. So once I left his grasp, it was just kind of like, I felt like I was just so small in such a big world. And it Mm -hmm. was terrifying coming to work every day. You know, I'd get out of my truck, which just I'd be walking into work with anxiety with all these eyes on me. And as soon as I left, it was just tears all the way home. It's so sad, too, because like you were saying like you liked the work right like it was just yeah I I loved it um it was so much just problem solving using your brain and your hands and just you know the days flew by but when there were bad days it just it wasn't worth it it was terrible you know like I Mm -hmm. loved going on like our coffee break and lunch break or like even I would just leave to go to the bathroom and I would just hide out in the bathroom because I was so uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And that was always mistaken for, you know, being a lazy girl. You know, I didn't want to do the work. When in reality, I was just scared of my surroundings. And that was the only place I kind of felt a little bit of safety. Too, like, I don't know what could even be said or done to make people like that understand what they're doing. Like, it's just, and I'm sure, like, unions, I don't, I don't know how it works exactly, but I'm sure, like, Buffalo, Western New York is not the only place where things like that happen, you know, like, oh, no, not at all. I mean, I've heard some horror stories, just a girl, another female in my union. Um, she had come to me after I left and told me how brave I was. And she was so proud of me. And she was almost jealous that I did it, that I left because mm-hmm. she even had a guy come up to her. She was on a ladder once, a ponytail through her hard hat and some guy yanked her ponytail so hard and said she had never been screwed good enough before and he yanked it so hard her hard hat flew off like across the hall and she fell off the ladder do the um are there any like supervisors or anything do they participate (laughs) in this kind of stuff like is it just um it depends on the company really like some of the supervisors are no better than the employees but the union hall did like once I came up forward to them about all mm-hmm. of this, I mean, they they were just as disgusted as I was. And it was comforting. Like, it, I didn't kind of get brushed off or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. They were ready to take any legal action that I wanted to. Um, wow. Which was, it was comforting, but it still, it wasn't enough. They wanted me to come yeah. back because I was, you know female apprentices are hard to come by let alone journeymen or journeywoman um and I really did love it mm-hmm. and they were aware that it was a loss on their end yeah because I gave a crap and they didn't <laughs> enough so so were they trying to keep you by offering to do you know like a lawsuit or something like was that were they trying to keep get you to stay yeah and telling me that 
you know, there's always a spot for me. Uh, if I wanted to come back next year, you know, I could just start the school year over again. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I like, I want to do something that suits me better and where I feel safe all the time. I'm like, cause you can tell me anything you want, but I see how the guys in the field react to anyone above them. You know, they just laugh at it and they don't care. Yeah. It's like, what are you really going to be able to do? Yeah. Like, I remember when people were writing on the porta potties about me, um, the only solution they had was to go in there every hour and clean them. So I didn't see what, the- which like- made me feel even less safe because I'm like, okay, now it's like, I really don't know what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. And yes. I remember so- overhearing some guy saying, oh, what are they going to do? Come in the bathroom to find out who it is. And almost like they felt pride in scaring me. That's just. I even I walked on a job site once and had a guy slap my ass and tell me good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, so um, when you when you um, like officially quit, was that when you had that discussion with them? Yeah, um, our. I was a third-year apprentice, and I had mm-hmm. finished up the first half of the year. Our semester was over, and I was coming into the union hall to pick up books for the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked if I could just come into the president's office and talk to him. He was like, oh, absolutely, like anything for you. And I walked in, and I told him, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And he mm-hmm. was shocked. He couldn't believe that. I was so broken down. I was holding back tears. I had to bring my boyfriend in with me because I just, I was so nervous to talk about it. Yeah. And I still haven't gone in like a lot of detail with anyone I worked with because it's, it's uncomfortable still. Yeah. Because the guys I would talk to about it are the good guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to feel like any of this should rest on their shoulders fully because they didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I did confide in a couple people, and one guy actually looked me in the eyes and said, wow, I wish you had a little bit tougher skin, kid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, you have no idea what tough skin is. <laughs> After everything, too, that you, you've gone through, you know, like, I, I yeah. feel like so many people, like, couldn't even imagine. Like, I would love, obviously, I don't know um, what that person's background is with their their own lives but if so many people just don't understand like what sexual harassment is like to be perfectly frank like yeah. so many men do not understand what it feels like especially as a young person who has dealt with nothing but like abusive relationships and mm-hmm. sexual assault in their past it's very triggering and yeah. they don't know the effect it actually had on my day-to-day life they just thought it was a funny joke and that I was too sensitive. You know, once I didn't like a joke, then I turned into a little snowflake that, you know, and it's just, yeah. if I didn't like one insult, then they came up with another, you know? Too sensitive is, like, something I feel a lot of abusers kind of, like, hide into to make mm-hmm. it seem like they're not, you know, yeah. doing anything wrong. Yeah, like, oh, your sense of humor just isn't good enough. Yeah, you don't get to decide that. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm like, in order me to laugh like it would have to be an actual joke yeah <laughs> like but you're joking about like my well-being and my safety and that is not funny at all to me <laughs> no Ugh. I'm sorry that you had to go through that um 
people are just I I know like it's definitely something that is probably worse um in trades and stuff like that but I'm sure it happens across the board oh yeah um in different instances like I like I said I used to work at a couple law firms and I would have clients be like oh like saying to like my bosses like oh let me like leave me alone with her like I'd like to like have some private time like blah 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 and I there was this one instance where I felt super unsafe um because I was sitting in like a room that didn't have any windows with a client who was a male client and one of the older people at the firm I worked at um at the time who was like buddies with the client more or less and Mm -hmm. the client was like making these comments about me and the the older person at the firm was just like, oh, ha ha, like, yeah, like, let me give you some privacy, blah, 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 like, I'll leave for a second, like, yeah, it's just like, I, and I think I was maybe like 17, well, probably 18 at the time, but like, young people wow. should not feel unsafe in their place of work. Yeah, especially it's like our first <laughs> taste of the real world, like, we're just coming out of school where we dealt with bullying and stuff, and like, we think it's gonna get better. Yeah. And then we just kind of get a slap in the face. <laughs> Like, um, oh, you thought that was going to end? Well, we're just going to ramp it up a little bit. <laughs> time to make it a lot more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay. Like, instead of people my age terrifying me, it was people much older, much bigger. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, did you leave that position without knowing what you were going to do next? Or did you already? Um, the bagels had kind of already been in motion. Um. Because I started them about December 2020 was when I sold my very first dozen on Instagram. <laughs> and I was just doing it on the side while I wasn't, while I was out of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a text to come back to work and I read it and I didn't know what to do. You know, they yeah. sent me like the job site for Monday on a Friday and I was like, oh. like, this is it. And I, I turned it down. I said, I'm not ready. I need some time. And then that Monday is when I went into the union hall and talked to the president and explained that I wanted out and he mm-hmm. tried to keep the safety net for me you know if you keep paying your dues you know keep doing this keep doing that like you'll be in good yeah. standings and you can come back whenever and I looked him in the face and I said I don't want to come back ever like I don't ever want to be in the position where this mm-hmm. is my only option because yeah. I don't want to stand for being disrespected anymore like every day of my life yeah and well, the bagels, I I wasn't even an LLC yet. Um, <laughs> and I was just winging it. Uh, it luckily, it's it's been working out. The universe has been on my side for this, for sure. And you're uh, also working super hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've, I brought on a great business partner, Shannon. And, oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I'm so I, thankful for her. <laughs> I When I first saw that you posted that you had hired someone I was like oh I bet it's gonna be Shannon <laughs> um that's exciting though yeah, I'm very she's happy my that full-time it's... business partner you know she's there just as much as I am doing just as much as me that's um, awesome and it's great you know because I always you know two minds are better than one as Absolutely. independent as I can be it's so mm-hmm. great to just have her creativity and a part of the business and just be in there every step of the way it's awesome. You know, we've come up with so many great ideas that we can't wait to announce on our Instagram and all that. And Well, I'm very excited. Yeah. I saw the, the strawberry cheesecake. Is that your, your May flavor? Yeah. Yeah. We did that for Mother's Day. 
It sounds so good. <laughs> it is so good. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited. And you're cooking in like an industrial kitchen now, right? Like, yeah, we teamed up with Balanced Body. So all of our bagels good. are sold at their stores through their website. We bake out of their kitchen. That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm so grateful. <laughs> Did you so now that they're on their website, can anyone buy them from like anywhere? Do you still have to be in the Western New York area? Uh shipping is available. They've had some issues with the pricing being a little high, but they're working on yeah. trying to bring it down for nationwide shipping. So hopefully soon people all over can afford it. <laughs> well, that's awesome too that you are like growing these partnerships and networking and just I I'm watching you like start to flourish and it's just so cool to me to see it's so scary Um, but like in the best way like before I was scared of my job because of my safety now I'm just like I'm just scared because I don't I don't know what's to come but I'm so excited to find out every day is a new adventure (laughs) I, I have no doubts you know I'm happy and I've made so many friendships through mm-hmm. this you know because I was taking orders when I first started out through Instagram DMs so I was yeah. talking to every individual customer mm-hmm. and it was so nice like I enjoyed that it's so cool I feel like even like I don't think you and I uh, we went to the same high school I don't think we ever spoke in high school yeah I didn't really talk to a lot of people in high school I was definitely like yeah I was like the outcast without being like known as the outcast <laughs> like I was just kind of there <laughs> I didn't really participate in things and but, I, look, I look back on it and it's a little it's a little bit of a bummer but now to see I've been reconnecting with some people from high school and it, yeah. it's great like all it's these cool. people I had no idea like how truly amazing they were this whole time mm-hmm. it's uh, definitely a very unique opportunity and it's super neat and I was yeah. reading this study I can't remember who wrote it but it was saying the only way to find your passion is through taking a risk Yep. And taking a chance on yourself. And that can be so scary. Um, but if you like really like put your whole heart into it, it can be so rewarding as you are seeing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even Shannon took a huge risk to come do this with me. Mm-hmm. You know, she was working for Geico and she was on the phones and people just literally harassed her every day, day in, day out. Yeah. You know, someone asked her like, oh, did Geico pick you up off the side of the road? And then, you know, oh my God. insulting name after insulting name. Um and she would be in her bed because she was working from home. So she was sitting at a desk in her bedroom just crying while people were just mean to her all day. That's so sad. So it's just <laughs> but she made good money. So she would like she didn't know what to yeah. do. And we worked it out where we're both making like enough. You know, we're we're doing uh-huh. well. And she's so glad she took the risk because she told me like it doesn't even feel like she has a job because she loves mm-hmm. doing it so much. And we have so much fun together. That's so sweet. So like we're both just like. <laughs> We're so used to being so anxious about work, and now we're we yeah. free, and it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, with my situation, I started and I worked at two different law firms, and I like really enjoyed my time in the beginning. Like I loved what I was doing, but it slowly got to the point where I just didn't feel like the work I was doing was worthwhile. Like I felt, um, for my own personal preference, like I was making other people's lives worse, no matter like what I was working on, because it's just the kind of work where there's always two sides, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I, I started, I have an autoimmune disease and I started like missing work for appointments and stuff like that. Um, and when I like switched, um, 
law firms. I had started like in the middle of 2019. So it was like six months into it um, when 2020 started and we started to get COVID. Mm -hmm. And I like at both of these places, like for some reason, I was a child. I like haven't finished my degree. I was, I never worked there when I was 22 like I was 21 and under the entire time I was working at both these places but I was given so much responsibility at both places which was really cool like I got a lot of chances to network with people I got a lot of chances to like see what a professional setting is like like do a lot of Mm -hmm. things I probably never would have gotten to do at other places but I was also working like I would go in at 6 or 7 a.m and I would stay until like 8 or 9 p.m I would go on the weekends like I did not have a good like work-life balance and I didn't like what I was doing so I was just like (laughs) my work-life balance was awful yeah I had no personal life literally my whole personality was my job exactly and I think (laughs) it's like I feel like when when you're our age like and this is what we're just starting into like how are we supposed to know that that's yeah not how it's supposed to be yeah I remember hearing guys you know as soon as they hit like 40 years old they start counting down to their retirement Mm -hmm. you know like by the day and oh my gosh I remember guys looking at me and they're like oh yeah you know I got five years left 10 years left whatever they look (laughs) at me and they're like you got 40 years left kid and that's when I got that there and I was like oh my god I cannot do this before you (laughs) I was like the the work is fascinating but I'm like I cannot tolerate you people for another 40 years (laughs) I mean the good ones if I could stay with them forever yeah you know it'd be doable but you know it's just something about literally busting your ass day in and day out but not yeah. for yourself you know like mm-hmm. I'm making someone else rich and so and the person yep. I'm making rich <laughs> does not care about me yeah and it's like I I couldn't get past that and yet now I'm I'm working very hard you know maybe not as hard physically you know mm-hmm. my body's not as beat up but <laughs> I'm working a lot harder and but it's for myself and at the end of the yes. day I get to do what I want and I get to you know call the shots Mm-hmm. and it's very rewarding for sure yeah I people forget that like men- the mental side of things is so important and I um like my mental health was being affected by my job and like I so when COVID hit um I part of my thing is that I get fevers very often mm-hmm. uh, oh perfect <laughs> because like taking your temperature you know like you can't go in if you have a fever so I would have never been able to go in anyway yeah so I was working from home but I was like one of the only people that was working from home mm-hmm. so trying to like keep up with that while I was um like the only person not in the office with everyone else I loved the people that I worked with at this place and um my boss was fantastic but like just for me I was so like out of it because I felt like I was not doing anything that was helping other people yeah it was important to me and I was like even before COVID hit like I would have a panic attack I would be crying on like the car ride it was 10 minutes to my work like on the phone with my dad like dad like I can't do this anymore every day for months like I would dread Sunday nights I would feel so anxious like that's not like that's not how you want to live <laughs> exactly and I kept it so quiet too like I didn't let anyone know mm-hmm. it bothered me like you know when the porta potty things happened all the writings about me I, I would post it on my Instagram story like it was a joke yeah like to try and make myself feel better so I didn't feel as scared and like 
as much as it seems like I'm playing into them, it was really for my own like mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is just a joke. Don't take it too seriously. Like, don't get too scared. Because yeah. to the point, like, I was just in survival mode every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd come home when I, when I was still living at home. And I put on a smile for my mom because like, I didn't want to stress her out. You know, I didn't want people I didn't want yeah. to know how people treated like her daughter. You know, like exactly. I am an only child and my mom had a very traumatic birth. So it's like I didn't want her knowing that like <laughs> her like precious, <laughs> her precious child was being treated so bad. So like, I put on such a show for everyone. Every time someone asks, oh, how's work? You know, oh, it's great. I love it. But then mm-hmm. I think about it and be like, do I love it? And people would ask, can you see yourself doing it forever? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And then I would just kind of go quiet. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah everything's fine. <laughs> and I just think about it. I'm like, can I do this forever? Like, wow. Yeah. No, and then, I cannot. <laughs> when you actually leave and everyone, I'm sure, is like, oh, I thought you loved that. Like, you know, you never expressed to me that that was how you felt. Yeah. I had a uh, family member look me in the eye when, I, you know, I saw them after COVID. I'm not very close with them. Um, mm-hmm. They asked, like, how's work going? And I, look, I was like, oh, much better now. Much better. <laughs> Why? I'm like, oh, because I quit. And they looked me in the eye and said, well, you're stupid. Oh, my God. I was like, because, you know, all they see is the benefits. Yeah. And I'm well, like, well, I what about to... my happiness? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to talk to you about this, like, judgments from family and friends, because they can be brutal. Like, yeah. <laughs> They can. I mean, I, I don't have a very close-knit family. I don't talk to a lot of them. But, like, mm-hmm. they're, one side of my family is very supportive. And they are so happy for me. They love the bagels. <laughs> and then there's just, you know, some people that they think I'm nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, they look at me and they're like, bagels? Really? Like, that's <laughs> that's your big life goal is bagels. I'm like, yep, it is. <laughs> But it makes people happy and we're having fun with it, you know, and I do want to focus more on mental health with it, you know, baked with love. Like, yeah, (laughs) I want to get T-shirts going like whatever you do, do it with love. Like just show people that like whatever you're doing for yourself and your life, like make sure it's making you happy and bringing love and joy into your life. That's really all that matters. Yeah. Like it's more than just bagels, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to send a message to every customer I interact with. (laughs) Well, I think I think you're doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> so are you? Just getting that message. Thank you. Getting that message across. But no, I I know how you feel. Like I, for me, like my family was supportive of me. You know, they were a little concerned. Like when I quit, because they're like, "What are you going to do now? How are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your bills?" But I still sometimes like dread like running into people I don't know and having to explain because there were some people in my life who made me feel so bad about doing what was right for me yeah Um, and it it can be hard to get to a point where you understand that you are doing what's right for you and that's all that matters like other people yeah can have their judgments um but at the end of the day like you need to be happy with yourself because you have to live in your mind you know like I remember when I was an apprentice and you know, people would ask me for the first time, oh, like, what do you do for work? And I look like I'm 12, like, all the time. <laughs> so whenever I'd be like, oh, I'm an apprentice electrician in the union, like, they take a step back and be like, wow, that's amazing. And, like, that felt good. Like, I think I really mm-hmm. loved that part of the job. Like, people are like, wow, like, someone like you does that? And, like, they like it? Yeah. And now, you know, people ask me what I do. I'm like, oh, I, I make 
protein bagels and they just kind of look at me especially when I run into people I have worked with I did I ran into a guy from a job site you know he's not in the union he was working for a different company and he was like oh I was just thinking about you how you doing I was like oh great you know I, I quit and he was like what what are you doing I told him he was like oh bagels he was like well good for you kid oh. like he was just supportive because he liked me but he was like what <laughs> like what the heck is this girl doing with her life <laughs> there's people there's always going to be people that don't understand yeah um, there's people that are never going to want to understand even if they're part of you know your your group your family your friends um but like it just comes down to if you understand and you trust in yourself and you're willing to take those risks then I Mm -hmm. think that you can be unstoppable with whatever you're doing absolutely I mean my mom was nervous at first because she's Mm -hmm. part of the generation where it's just you know money yeah like you want to make the most money get the best benefits and at first she didn't get it but after she thought about it for probably like I think it was 10 minutes (laughs) she realized like wow like you know my kid's pretty smart like mm-hmm. I told her that you know I'm just not happy and my mental health and she's she took a step back and looked at her job and she was like huh yeah <laughs> and now you know, <laughs> she has a whole different attitude when she goes to work because she's like I'm not taking anyone's shit now <laughs> she's like you're right like I you know I, and I love to see it like I love being that inspiration and mm-hmm. even one of the guys I worked for in the union that was like you know my father to me he told he called me the other day and told me he had quit the, wow. the company that he was with for a brand new startup company wow. um, it was it'll actually be the first female-owned electrical company I oh that's awesome in local 41 which is awesome yeah and he called great. me to tell me that and I was just so happy and he said <laughs> no I was just so fed up with being treated like crap and that I had a part in that mm-hmm. and I was like wow like you're at you know some stubborn 50 something year old man yeah and I showed him that there's more to life than just being miserable at work. (laughs) That is so cool. (laughs) And it it felt so like I started crying when he called me. I couldn't even hold back the tears. I was so happy because I knew like how miserable like this company made him. You know, they treated him like crap. He was their best employee. And I was like, oh, like I love making a difference, even if it is small, you know, in one person's life. It's just. Yeah, that's even one person, you know, like making making an impact on one person is their entire world like even if it seems small yeah um, it's so rewarding and it it just puts the biggest smile on my face (laughs) um I wanted to talk about uh, how to know when your job is affecting your mental health um because obviously there are bad days there are bad weeks Mm -hmm. um some people just naturally, like, I don't know, don't like working. Some people don't get along with their coworkers. Not everything is obviously going to be affecting mental health, mm-hmm. but it's important to kind of draw the line. So I have a list of things. Um, your sleep schedule changing is a big one. Um, having any sort of, like, fear at work is not normal. That's not something that people should just be accepting, you know? Yeah. Um Let's see. Not being able to relax at home, getting easily angry, um, feeling anxious before work, during work, when you have to go to work. Um, Being afraid of getting fired is also a sign that it's affecting your mental health. And then also um, this one kind of surprised me. Like after 
because you know how people will you know look for other jobs when they're starting to realize they don't like their job mm-hmm. apparently um giving up on that and like stopping looking for other jobs is a sign that your current job has worn down your mental health so much that you're just like depleted like you're out of yeah. energy you're so you have, like a mental capacity to like care enough about yourself yeah like it's just gone down the drain and I totally relate to that like I remember thinking of ideas like what could I possibly do and just going like doesn't matter like I'm already here I'm already miserable might as well just keep going yep and like that mindset <laughs> is so toxic and so terrible to like live in yeah it's <laughs> yeah. a big one too and also like giving up on taking care of yourself like obviously there's going to be nights probably where you're too tired to you know do what you would usually do like read or whatever your Mm -hmm. nightly ritual is but if that's consistent like if it becomes a consistent thing where you're not doing the things you love or you're not doing what is important to you to take care of yourself then that's Mm -hmm. a sign yeah I basically like had dropped my whole personal life Mm -hmm. you know there's times you know I'd be working 10 hour days and then training for powerlifting so just work gym home work gym home every day and Mm -hmm. I felt so isolated from the world and anyone that knew me during that period of time and some have come forward and talked to me about it like I was just like an asshole Mm -hmm. like I had really just immersed myself into like the trades person mentality yeah and I look back and I have a lot of regret about it but I've grown a lot and I do not think in any ways that I did before. And I see basically my whole life in a whole new light. That's also really all you can ask for. You know, like you can't go back and change anything that happened to you, but adjusting your mentality and accepting the fact that you're not going to take certain things that you used to um, does a lot deciding to live for yourself does a lot yeah like life is precious and it's really shouldn't be taken as seriously as some people do yeah like Mm -hmm. apparently I have been going with the flow lately like that's just been my whole life motto and it's been working out better than anything else ever has and some people just say like I take it too easy and you know there's a lot of background work people don't see but Mm -hmm. like it's your life you're meant to enjoy it you know, you shouldn't be stressed all the time. You shouldn't be forcing yourself into these stressful environments just because you think you have to. Exactly. Because, like, if you get to the point where you're, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and you're looking back and all of this time was just spent on you being absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel lucky. I I only did that for a couple of years and now I've gotten to the point where, like, I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. I want to be able to find something every day that makes me happy that makes me appreciate life um and that I feel like is worthwhile to me and that I'll be able to look back on and be proud of absolutely there's even some guys in the union that you know they've been in for almost 20 years and they told me that they were almost jealous of what I did like they wish they had Mm -hmm. left and I told them like it's never too late you know yeah I think that's an important point like you don't have to be 22. You don't have to be yeah. even 17. Like, you can be any age you want. You're 40 or 50, you know. It, you're only halfway there, if that. Like, yeah, it's never too late to make yourself happy. I think even if you were, you were, like, 100 years old and you decided you weren't happy, like, 
start now (laughs) yeah I mean like start tomorrow every day is literally it's a brand new day and you can be whoever you want Mm -hmm. just because like you're so immersed into one thing like it doesn't mean that that's how it has to be forever and that's how I saw it like oh I just did this so I'm just gonna keep doing it not knowing that I could just reinvent Hannah every day and be someone else and it wasn't it wasn't until cancer really and as Mm -hmm. much as it sucked it really opened my eyes to like a whole new world yeah and I realized how fragile and precious life is um I'm glad that you share these like similar um outlooks because I think a lot of people might be like oh that's so cheesy but when you start living like that <laughs> life just is so much up, better <laughs> right it just opens up so many new possibilities yeah you know I start every day with a smile now and I just you know <laughs> thinking about all the bagels I get to make and it's just and, you know and spending time with a really good friend and business partner too you know mm-hmm. like I surround myself with great people now you know I don't go into work and deal with the personalities that annoy me anymore or disrespect yeah. me it's like I get to pick who's in my circle every day Mm-hmm. and it's I love it I think for anyone there's no way to tell exactly if a job is affecting your mental health like I don't think there's a set list of things that will be yes or no black and white I think it's up to each individual person to decide for themselves but if uh-huh. you have an idea like it might be I think it's important to acknowledge instead of trying to ignore it Um, And there are things you can do, you know, like you could try to take time away from work, take, take a break if that's possible for you Uh um, and see if that makes you feel better. And if you get to the end of that and you're starting to feel, you know, anxious again, or that dread again about having to go back, like maybe that's a sign. I, I also do think it is important to talk with your managers or your supervisors if that's something that's possible for you to do and communicate how you're feeling absolutely Um, and my my first job I had been having like such anxiety I was so worried I was gonna get fired all these things like I was having panic attacks in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and I just sort of quit on a whim and my one boss like it didn't go very well (laughs) and my one boss said to me like I wish you had told me this I wish you had talked to me about how you were feeling and at the time like that didn't even seem like it could have been an option for me yeah. Um, and I mean, looking back, like I, I would have left regardless because I, just the industry wasn't where I was meant to be. But at the same time, like if you do have a boss or a supervisor in that capacity, like I feel like many people don't. But if there is someone that you think you could communicate that with, I, th- I think that might be beneficial to some people. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it will depend on the situation. Yeah. Um, but of course, it just it comes down to trusting yourself. And knowing when you have to walk away from something is really hard and it's really scary. Um, but I think very few things are as hard as like living in that constant anxiety and that constant fear mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah, I feel like my biggest tip off for knowing that it wasn't for me was every time someone asked, how's work? How do you like it? <laughs> and I, I would put on a smile you know and just like my first reaction was just be like oh yeah it's great and then like in my head like that voice in my head was like no it's not you hate it yeah like, you're miserable and like I would try and shut it up be like no I love it it's great and I'm gonna do it forever <laughs> like I was trying to convince myself in my head that I loved it and that's when mm-hmm. I was like that's not okay no <laughs> I was like you're... I was like you know 20 21 I'm like I have so much life to live 
And I can't keep convincing myself for the next 40, 50 years that like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, this is great when it's really not. (laughs) Exactly. And you're the only person in your head. Like, you're the only one with access to your mind. So, like, who are are you trying to convince? Like, who are you trying to prove this to? If it's yourself, then it's probably time to reevaluate I thought by proving it to everyone else around me that I would eventually prove it to myself. Yeah. When I realized, I was like, I need to stop proving it to everyone and just do what makes me happy. And if they don't like it, then I guess they were never meant to be in my life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's only so long that you can stay stuck in that cycle before it really starts to like, and it's not just going to be like your work. It's going to affect other parts of your life. Like you were saying, you weren't doing things with people. You have a social life. If you're feeling like you don't, have any motivation to hang out with friends or do your hobbies or things that you used to do and it's affecting your day-to-day life that's it's just not healthy like you don't want your entire existence to be centered around this 40 hour work week and then Mm -hmm. in the off time you're just worrying about going back you're thinking about it like it's just so sad yeah I mean it had the biggest impact on my my hobby you know I love powerlifting I love being strong Mm -hmm. and work it got bad it even affected I competed at nationals Mm -hmm. and I didn't do nearly as good as I wanted and the reason is because of my work schedule you know they they switched up my work schedule the week before and I was working 12 hours overnight like you know 6 p.m to 6 a.m and then I left and you know went on a (laughs) national stage and yeah I mean I I placed (laughs) but I did not do nearly as good as I wanted and I Mm -hmm. knew I was like I'm letting my work life that doesn't even mean nearly as much to me yeah, affect me so much on every level. Yeah. Your hobbies are important. Yeah. <laughs> Your social yeah. life is important. It keeps me because... sane, you know? Like, I love it. <laughs> exactly. And like like we were saying, you have this one life. Like, you should spend it doing what makes you happy. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, there's always going to be stress. You know, even in positions that you love... Um, when you're doing what makes you happy, there's always going to be times when you're stressed out, you have a bad day because, you know, that's just life. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to kind of eliminate that stress? Like, do you have any um, hobbies? I mean, I know you were talking about powerlifting, but like if you had a bad day at work and you get home, what do you do? Um, my favorite thing, I just love to snuggle up with my dog and my boyfriend <laughs> and just vent. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely my backbone for a while, just listening to me. And I didn't even confide in him in some of the more serious things because, yeah, you know, I was scared of him worrying about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, just, I, I don't know. I love to relax and read a book, mm-hmm. you know, do something to distract my mind. You know, growing up, anytime I was stressed, I remember, like, Googling, like, positive quotes, you know, positive <laughs> affirmations. And I would just read things like that and be like, it is okay. Like, it's gonna be okay. Hey, yeah. You know, like, I actually found a quote in my old bedroom the other day I wrote. It's like, what was it? I can't even remember now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, oh, it's okay. I am a very strong believer that you have to have, I, I say this to people a lot, I think it's important to have three things that you know will make you feel better will make you feel relaxed so at any given point if you have a bad day or 
if you're just not feeling well, you're not, you're feeling anxious, you have something that you know you can go into because mm-hmm. if you don't, then it's, you know, you're going to start to spiral. So I have told, you know, friends that are anxious, like write, write down if you have to, three things mm-hmm. that you know make you feel better. Like for me, it's yeah. warm lights, like sitting on my couch yeah, <laughs> um, with a book and making tea. Like it's not difficult things. Yes. Like warm lights make me feel better. If I'm anxious, I'll, I'll make sure. Like yeah. I even love just like going outside and just yeah, taking deep breaths of fresh air and realizing that like it's all not as important as I think it is. Yeah, like all of my stressors are not as big as they seem. You know, mm-hmm. and I ground myself in any way I can. Like even if it's like a, a hot shower, <laughs> like. Yeah, a little longer than normal, like just to sit there and just breathe and think through everything. I saw this thing. Um, have you ever used Headspace? Um, I tried it a couple times, but I'm more I like to meditate on my own. Yeah. Um. Well, they had this video a couple weeks ago, and it was a neurosurgeon, a neurosurgeon, I think, and she was just talking about how if you're in situations like that, you need to kind of give yourself a break like let your body have a rest and she was saying even if you close your eyes for one minute like if you're sitting at work and you're super stressed out at your desk like you have a meeting in five minutes two minutes Mm -hmm. close your eyes for 10 seconds or 60 seconds or whatever is possible for you in that moment just take some deep breaths like give your body a rest um and she was saying too like the visual aspect is usually what's the busiest in our mind so even just taking that away Mm-hmm. for a few moments can be so grounding absolutely but it's just no matter what it is for you like it's super important to know what works um and have those things that you can go to when you need to because there's always going to be times when you're stressed or you're sad or you're not having the greatest day even if mm-hmm. you're doing what you love absolutely um just taking my dog for a walk does enough for me you know just- yeah <laughs> you know, seeing that little face because yeah you know, all he knows is just like you know the happiness within our home so yeah every time he just looks up at me with that little face it's like eh, you know everything will be okay <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining it was super exciting Absolutely. to talk to you it was great um, these things are just so real for so many people no matter what capacity they're in like I think that it's time that we start acknowledging that our jobs can have a large impact on our mental health um, and just not accepting that anymore. So thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Absolutely. If it helps even one person, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And also follow Shannon on Instagram. It's baked with love bagels, right? Awesome. All right. Yeah in the buffalo area and you haven't tried their bagels they are super great i <laughs> i get so excited when we have them here to like wake up in the morning <laughs> yeah i'm definitely gonna make one as soon as we hang out for breakfast <laughs> so <laughs> um all right well you enjoy your bagel and i hope you have a great day If you think that your job is affecting your mental health or if you're just feeling burnt out, I highly recommend taking a step back, taking a look at your situation, and talking to someone about it if you can. No matter what happens or what you decide, remember this. Leaving a job that is not right for you is a sign of strength, not weakness, and it's never too late to start over.
If you have any comments or thoughts on this episode or any of our other episodes, shoot us an email at steadilypod at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in Hannah and Shannon's awesome bagels or just learning more about them, give them a follow on Instagram at bagels, and be sure to follow us at steadilypodcast for information on our next episode. Until next time, we're all moving steadily. Thank you.